Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rambling Rev. My name is Scott Dalen. I am the Rambling Rev and I am an ELCA pastor in Southwest Iowa and I present these episodes every week for a couple different reasons. The first of which is to take my brain out of the mode of background work over the course of the week and to move into the process of preparing the sermon that I'll preach to my congregation for the weekend. That's the first and the second is just to allow you, the listener, to gain some different insight into the assigned text for the week. So that is why I do these. This one is kind of a little bit different situation since the last time I recorded a regular episode. I did have a special one that came out earlier this week. But things have changed here in our little corner of the world, not to mention around the United States and certainly in different parts of the world with the advent of the coronavirus. And since the last time I recorded a regular episode, things have come to a head here in my part of the country anyway, resulting in the closure of pretty much everything right now. There are a few businesses and such that are still open, but things are pretty calm here in the age of social distancing as we hope and pray that the spread of the coronavirus will quickly come to a close or will slow way down so that hopefully sooner rather than later we can all get back to normal. But in the meantime, here we are. So with that all being said, I am continuing to try and and keep some form of normalcy. Uh, With that said, this episode is one where admittedly I have not done a ton of the background work going into this particular sermon or on this particular text than I normally would in in a given week, just simply due to trying to make adjustments to closures and online worship and uh, to maintain connections now that in-person connection is pretty much off the table. I've been pretty busy uh, in my pastoral role and admittedly have not done a ton of background work on this particular passage, but it is a good one. It's one that I appreciate uh, the assigned text for this Sunday, which is the fourth Sunday in the season of Lent. It's also March 22nd, 2020. Uh, The assigned text comes out of John chapter 9, and in fact, it's the entirety of John chapter 9, 41 verses long. It is a long, 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 long passage. I've actually, if you've been tuning in the last couple of weeks, you've probably noticed that I have switched over and I've been preaching out of the Old Testament lesson. That's not just because the texts have all been long. That's just sort of what I have done. They've seen more on the nose. They've seen more applicable to the given situation the last few weeks. But this time around, I'm going to switch back into the gospel. This is the story of Jesus' encounter and healing of a man born blind and the subsequent, well, what's the word, uh, uproar that happens, maybe even the, oh, I'm utterly blanking on the word I'm trying to say, the scandal that comes about because of this man's healing and the resulting, uh, not trial, he's not really on trial, but it's not far away from that either, the, the, the subsequent issues that he has within his community and within his synagogue as a result of the healing that happens because of his encounter with Jesus. Now, again, it's a long passage. And one thing that I want you to pay attention to as I read it, and yeah, it's going to take a while, is the fact that Jesus disappears through much of this whole situation. He encounters the man, he heals the man, or at least he takes steps to heal him. And then by the time the healing is completed and the man can see because he's healed of his blindness, Jesus is kind of out of the picture until the passage itself, the story is is almost done. So just kind of keep that in the back of your mind 
as I read this. And again, this will take a little while because it's 41 verses. It's pretty lengthy. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, is not it? I'll try that again. Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying it is he. Others were saying, no, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes, then I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had, been, had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, give glory to God, we know this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, though, that I was blind, and now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to the one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sinned. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. Whew. Okay, so there is the marathon reading of this passage. Now, obviously in a passage this long, there is a ton going on. But as I think about it, 
as I really consider the important action of this passage, it really seems to stem in that first section. And so honestly, I haven't made up my mind yet from the standpoint of preaching, if I'm going to read the entire thing, or if I'm just going to focus in on about the first seven or eight verses, because that's the actual healing of the man. Everything else is sort of secondary to the fact that it's going on. And we see that there's this controversy of, is this the guy that was actually blind? Is this a legitimate healing? Is this really the guy? It can't possibly be. The Pharisees are ticked off because Jesus did the healing on the Sabbath day and healing is considered work and they're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. And we've heard these type of conflicts between Jesus and the religious leaders before. So, you know, it is what it is. But what I find almost, almost comical about this whole thing is that despite the fact that, that, that Jesus has, has left him alone, he, he performed the healing and he just needs to wash the mud off of his eyes. And when he does that and his eyes are clean, then he can see. So the healing is done. Jesus is absent and the guy's kind of a, on his own, which is almost like, hey, Jesus, you know, I could really use your backup here. A lot of people are giving me flack over this. And yet the truth of this man's experience is what he sticks to. He continues to communicate the truth of what has happened. And throughout this entire controversy, when people are, are giving him flack, when people are questioning if he's even the person that he says he is, his story doesn't change. And now we can't actually get the mood that he's in or the sensibility of how he's speaking other than the second time around, he does seem a little bit annoyed. In my head, I just think he's gotta be getting increasingly annoyed and frustrated and snarky with these people because they keep being like, hey, um, is it you? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, oh, cool, what happened? And he's like, well, I met this guy and he put mud on my eyes and told me to go wash and what I did, I could see. And they're like, wow, that's really weird. We don't get how that works. Uh, let's take him to the Pharisees. And so the Pharisees come and, and they're like, oh, what happened? And he's like, oh, oh okay. Um, well, I was blind and this I met this guy named Jesus and he put mud on my eyes and told me to go wash in the pool. And I did when I did, I could see. And they're like, oh, well, that can't be. Um, that, 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 that totally can't be. Tell us again what happened. And he's like, um, what? Uh, uh, I just told you. Okay. And then they're like, all right, we're going to go get your parents. And so they go get his parents and they're kind of freaked out. And they're like, um that's our son. And we know that's our son. And he used to be blind, but now we can see, but we don't know what happened. So ask him. And so they ask him again. And they're like, Hey, tell us again. And he's like, I already told you, what's the matter with you? I was blind, put mud on my face, wash. Now I can see what's the problem. You can see that I can see I was blind. Now I can see what's the problem. And they throw him out. They, they give him flack. They're like, he's a sinner because he would know better if he was really the Messiah. And you're a sinner too, because you believe him. And, and so get out, they kick him out of the synagogue. So Throughout all of this, he loses his community. The, the synagogue would have been the, the pillar or the, the central aspect of, of his community. He even loses his family, seemingly. We, we can infer that because of his parents' reaction. They don't want to get kicked out. So like, oh, let him speak for himself. And they kind of wash their hands of it. Pardon the pun. So he loses his community. And throughout all this, the guy's kind of on, on his own. And he's increasingly isolated. And then in the end, Jesus shows back up. And when the connection is made, he says, point him out to me. And Jesus says, you're looking at him. And now he can see him. He's experienced him for himself. And his experience brings him into a new relationship with Jesus, a new community centered around belief in Christ. And that's, that's, that's the promise that it's how God, how we encounter God, God encounters us all in different ways. And our experience is important. And God's work through our own experience with God is what brings us into relationship with God. That, that seems to really be 
the central theme here, and that's for everyone, regardless of who it is. But I want to back up now. I mean, that's the story in its entirety, and that's a good message for us to remember, that, that we are invited through our own encounters with God. And yet, in that first part, I think there's something that's very applicable for us, given the, the current state of things with all this, this disease going around and, and concerns over the spread. And so we're isolating ourselves and we're, we're trying to, to keep the spread on it. And there's a lot of blame getting thrown around of who's, who's, at, who's at fault here and who, who didn't do their job and who, who should we blame and, and should we blame anyone and is it anyone's fault and is it just a big hubbub and is it just a big hoax and all of these things are getting, around, getting thrown around. And they all seem to kind of stem from, it's not my fault that this is happening. Whose fault is it? Who do we blame? Where can we put the blame? And I bring that up because that's the question that the disciples ask. In the initial encounter, when they meet the guy, they're like, uh, hey, Jesus, who sinned to cause this guy to be born blind? That was the belief at the time, that some, someone born with, with a, a disability of sorts, blindness in this case, gives them, uh, is the result of sin. That, that seems to be the case. And Jesus is like, no one sinned. He didn't sin. His parents didn't sin. It's not about sin. And then he says this oddball little thing that, that I just kind of want to touch on. He, he says he was born this way so that God's glory could be shown through him or that you could see the works of God through him. Now, sometimes people take that and they think, oh, so God caused this intentionally. And I just want to offer a corrective to that, that I don't think that's the case. I think God has given the world the freedom to be the world as it is. When God made it, that's how God made it. God made it good, but not perfect. And as we know, the brokenness of sin or whatever is present in the world and it manifests itself in different ways. And yet even through that, God's action can be seen. God's action can be seen through the healing of this man's blindness, just like the action of God can be seen through our encounters with God that bring us into relationship. And that's really kind of the sensibility here. As we think about all this virus stuff and who's to blame, and maybe even ask the question, hey, God, is this, did you do this? Is this punishment for something? I think the answer to that is no, but God can still use this to create community, to give us the opportunity to perhaps focus more on our, our connection with God, to help us be more intentional about our connections with one another, to remember that humanity, we're all in this together. It's not a question of fault. It's a question of how do we connect to each other and to God in the midst of this. Maybe that seems like a really sort of low-key, surfacy way of looking at this. But it almost, to me anyway, it seems pretty applicable given the current state of things. So I want to say thank you for tuning in to this. Regardless of your circumstances now and the reality of social distancing, I hope that you are hanging in there. I'm going to continue to put these out on the regular basis, even with the, the switch over to online worship and not in-person worship. I'll still be preaching and providing messages, so I'll be doing these, these episodes as well. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I hope that God is with you and that God blesses you and we'll catch you next time.